When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me, as always, co-host Jim Stam, And we're joined today by one of our favorite guests and kind of co-founder of the show, really, Graves. And uh, before we get started talking about what we're going to talk about today, I figured, let me go ahead and launch into something that kind of irked me a little bit this week. (laughs) I... You know, we had Roberto Clemente Day the other day, and um, I was a little irritated to see people trying to make a false equivalency with the the attendance numbers and the amount that fans actually care about Roberto Clemente. I don't think that you can draw anything from that except for the fact that fans didn't really feel like coming out in the middle of September to watch a bad baseball team play. It had nothing to do with their respect level for Roberto Clemente. It had nothing to do with um, the number not needing retired because the attendance was poor in Pittsburgh. It it just seemed to me like a desperate attempt to kind of slap an organization that didn't really need it anyway. It it was it was silly. And and Jim, I know you have some feelings on this too. I figured let's spend this first segment just kind of airing our grievances a little bit about that because. The event was great all day. Everything they did for it was nice. Wearing the 21s, beautiful. I love that. Um, really just felt like some some people locally here decided they wanted to make something out of it that wasn't there. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, you know, and, and look, we don't need to get into who said it or whatever. It's on Twitter. If you want to find it, it's out there. But it was a snapshot of the stadium, of the park, with not a lot of people in it. And um, it was a correlation about how Pittsburgh claims to love Roberto Clemente and then doesn't bother to show up for a Clemente night at the ballpark. And to me, Gary Graves, that was just, I I thought it was just a real cheap shot at the fans of Pittsburgh. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you follow me on Twitter, um, you'll know that that will get under my skin immediately. Like this, this town, this city, these sports teams, how we support them, and to make the correlation last night of of, of that, it just was such a cheap shot and such a dig. 
And like you said, we're talking about it's a Wednesday night. The Clemente celebration happens yearly or the Pirates have made it kind of a yearly thing. Yeah, right. You know, it was raining. It's a school night. To equate that to the Pirates fans not caring about Roberto Clemente or the Pirates in general, it just, man, come on. Don't don't do that. Don't say it. And if you think and if you think you're going to tweet it, maybe hold off on that tweet button. <laughs> I mean, Graves, I I don't go to pup night. Does that mean that I don't like dogs? I mean, how do you feel about this? Did it? Or well, you do you have at all? you do have cats, so that's true. He he does have cats, and and uh, yes, and and I'm more of a dog person myself, so I would definitely be at puppy. But but yeah, it was a real slap in the face. I mean, Pittsburgh, a great sports town, and you know the the fans unfortunately haven't been coming out all year, but that has nothing to do with the great one and what he means to this city and what he means to Bay. And and I I. I, I saw the 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 tweet that you're com- talking about that we're talking about and and I I was uh it kind of was a was a gut punch because the the two certainly don't have anything to do with one another and school night rainy whatever the case may be and you know they had the what we had Roberto Clemente weekend uh, so there was things going on all across you know through Pittsburgh over over the weekends just happened to be. You know that the fans didn't show up, but they're not. They're certainly not tied together. No, I mean to me, the winning is what draws fans to to the stadium. That's that's it. You want to blame somebody? Blame the organization. Blame them for doing a bad job of explaining what's going on. Blame blame them for even if they explained it, still putting fans through it because nobody wants to watch a loser. That's really all there is to it. Um, this show, you know, a, a relatively new show in the marketplace is outdrawing the stadium most nights. So let's not sit here and pretend like one night in September means anything about how people feel about a certain player. Just did not feel that that was necessary. Want to just kind of get that out there and, and just make sure everybody understands that we respect the players like that, like Lemieux, like Crosby, like Clemente, like Stargell, like any of the greats. We respect them because they respect themselves. They respect the city. They're our neighbors. It, we care about them. And and I would even say that it's painful for people to watch Clemente night in a way. Um to almost have like a reverse psychology effect on people to sit there and think about this team, this organization and what it was and what it once was and who they once had. And to have to sit there and have it in your face that it's been really kind of rough lately. And to, to, to turn that on the fans is, I mean, I just, it, it to me is it isn't indicative of anything about Roberto Clemente. If there's one thing this town appreciates, it's their sports heroes. We don't take oh, yeah. any of them for granted. Um, so I, I just yeah, um, I, I I was pretty hot last night actually. I had to hold off on a few things. I mean we we respect people that don't deserve it, like Duck Hodges. I mean we're <laughs> we're still talking about Duck Hodges two years later. I mean like it, to me. 
again, bad, bad look. I really wish that that didn't happen. I, I, I'm looking forward to a time when they're playing meaningful baseball in September and the place is packed. It won't be about Clemente at that point either. It'll be about a winning baseball team that happens to be celebrating something great. I went to the celebration of the 71 World Series this year at the stadium. Guess what? I didn't even know it was the celebration of the 71 World Series until they announced it before the game. Didn't even know. I don't show up for promotions. I don't show up for that stuff. I don't go for free shirts. I don't go for fireworks. I don't go for bobbleheads either, Mr. Smizek. I'm there to watch a baseball game. That's what it's about. So when we come back, let's do what this show does best and talk baseball. Because that's what I want, want to do instead of trying to defend a guy that certainly doesn't need anybody like me defending him. Let's take a quick break. Welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Um, what we wanted to take a little time to discuss today is some of the prospects that I think we can actually really expect to see next year. Not, not this wishful thinking stuff that people are going to fly all the way from single A. I know that stuff happens sometimes, but I think we probably do ourselves and really the fans that I connect with anyway, I think I'm doing them a disservice if I'm sitting there telling them Quinn Priester's going to start next year at some point, you know, after the all-star break it sure, I guess it could happen, but let's just not, let's, let's kind of keep it a little bit more tame and focus on, on some guys that I think are actually going to really, have a chance here. I believe the word you're looking for is realistic, Gary. That's probably the best way to put yeah, it. Yeah, I like the word realistic too. Um, but it, it comes across as pessimistic sometimes. And that's the problem, really, when you're discussing this stuff, because that's not what people want to hear. They don't want to hear, oh, next year the team's gonna look almost the same. But I think the team's gonna look almost the same. So I figured let's let's start out with with um some of the guys that I think actually have a real shot of coming out of spring training, that's where we'll start. And I'm going to tee them up and then we're all going to take a crack at them. Okay. So uh, Graves, we'll start with you. And, and the first name on the list, I believe is Tucapita Marcano. I don't say. think, I don't think we know at all. You know, yeah. I, what do you think? I mean, we, I think we're still a, a, a little bit too early to uh, be expecting him up straight away um, after spring training. I think this uh, this offseason is going to be huge for a lot of guys um, with their their new uh, little mini camps and things that they've got going on. So anything can certainly happen. I'm pushing him back uh, towards maybe after uh, after the all-star break maybe you know even a little bit later but I don't I don't expect him up uh, at the start of the year yeah I would tend to to agree with you there um the thing that that kind of made me pause a little bit is he's got a little bit of MLB time already and I feel like he's taken a little bit of a step back post trade so I mean Jim where do you stand on him do you think he's got a shot in spring or do you think it's going to be a little bit more trial and error for him 
Um, yeah, I mean, I would probably stick toward more toward the timeline that you guys are talking about. I will say this, that, um, you know, spring training, he's going to get some looks and, um, depending on how he does, maybe he forces them to rethink that a little bit, but I would say first and foremost, I would put him back sometime near the all-star break, even after it. And if things don't really go well, I mean, maybe you're just talking about even later than that September call-ups, hopefully, Hopefully it doesn't come to that, but it could. Right, hopefully it doesn't come to that or else they traded for another Tucker. Well, so let's hope not. But I mean, one last note on him before we move on to the next guy. I I guess his versatility could come into play too. You know, he, he can potentially move into the outfield a little bit. He can do both middle infield. You know, there's a chance they could find a spot for him if they really wanted to. And the bat spoke. I just don't think the bat has spoken. I really don't. In fact, maybe it has. It just hasn't said nice words. You know what I mean? <laughs> but um, the next guy on the list, I think, is going to be kind of controversial. And, Jim, I'm going to start with you on this one. Jared Oliva. Why Why are you going to give me the hard ones? Well, man? I don't even. I mean, well, you're going to get them all. So all right. All right. I'm not even sure the guy is going to a guaranteed 40 man. Yeah, that's I think that's where we have to start. First, um, okay, let's just play the game and say he's making the 40-man. He he does not seem to me, whenever I see how the Pirates kind of have used him, even when they've had him up, I just don't get the feeling that they're particularly in love with the guy. He always kind of seems to just get pushed off to the side somehow, some way. And he hasn't really embarrassed himself. Um in his little bit of time, it hasn't been terrible. Uh, has he, has he, you know, flourished and knocked the cover off the ball? No. Uh, I would say um, coming into spring, he would have to be somebody that would really, really um, almost force them to have to, to, to make a decision with him and give him some playing time. But it just seems to me like they always find a way to kind of go somewhere else. Yeah. It seems like they, they never want to let him, really have a shot to be the answer right and i'm not saying that he's taken the bull by the horns and earned it either but it feels like when he does get a call up he kind of just rides the pine that's not what we're seeing i think with like you know players like hoy park or michael chavez i mean they're getting they're getting opportunities jared oliver hasn't for whatever reason and maybe it's just they don't see it graves what do you think yeah i i put uh jared oliver and and Cole Tucker kind of in the same boat, you know, after spring training this past year, they both ended up in Florida with their little skills development program. And we haven't really seen a whole lot out of Jared since we've seen cool some, and there certainly haven't been those big steps forward that, that we, that we, you know, had hoped to see. So I, I think they'll both, you know, I, I think Jared will stay in the organization I don't necessarily see him as a 40 man guy. He'll be, he'll, you know, he'll be depth at triple a. I, I, I think, uh, I think, uh, yeah, he's a, uh, you know, he's depth and, and I don't see the pirates as seeing him really is, is anything more than that at this point. Yeah. Strong chance. He's a guy that would clear waivers, especially if they did it at a smart time. Right. You know, if they do it like right in December when everybody else is going on waivers, I think there's a good shot they they can sneak somebody like him through. I don't necessarily feel the same way about Tucker. 
I think Tucker might not make it through waivers just because he's got the pedigree of that number one pick. I'm sure somebody out there that, is well, going to take, take a flyer on him. That's I mean. what I'm saying. And and if you think about like how long the Pirates gave uh, Eric Gonzalez a chance, there there's always someone out there that wants somebody that can play a bunch of different positions and, and they think they can fix their bat. Mm-hmm. Switch hitter, that's sexy. Uh, there's nothing about Cole Tucker that isn't attractive except actually watching him play. <laughs> so... <laughs> Let's move on to the next one here. Um, this one I think is kind of tricky too. Diego Castillo. Diego Castillo is like, oh man. I mean, here he was in double A. He moved up to triple A. He's hitting still. Shortstop. I don't think he's going to be able to beat Kevin Newman out in spring training. I just don't. But you have to give the, a real shot there. The, the kids found some power. They have to do something with him. He has to be on the forty man, or that trade was for nothing. Yeah, they'll be for they'll be forced to put him on it. Absolutely, because then it's what the hell are you doing? Basically. Exactly. So I mean, Graves, let's let's bounce over to you, Diego Castillo. What do you got? Yeah, I, he's probably the the first name that really kind of piques my interest. Uh, they could uh, he he could push things, and and you know. I'm big on saying, you know, competition. And uh, again, we'll have to kind of see what happens in spring training and, and see where things take him. But he could he could push the envelope and and, and make the Pirates, uh, you know, make some tough decisions. And and uh, you know, there's certainly nothing wrong with with challenging a player and 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 seeing what they can do. I mean, they did that earlier this year with with, with Castro. So you know, coming up, skipping Triple A altogether, and and he. Uh, he did pretty well until he kind of hit that wall. So Castillo could be a could be another situation that where we see, uh, uh, you know, him, him moved a little bit quicker than than anticipated. I, I mean, I agree with that. And, and Jim, besides Ben Charrington getting all upset that that she's not as into Marcano as he clearly was. I mean, <laughs> Diego Castillo, does he do anything for you? I mean, no, I look, I, I like the kid. Um and he still is a kid. I mean, I yeah. think he's 22, 23 years old. Um, there's some real there's some real room for growth there. Uh, power numbers are, are, are coming along. He doesn't strike out a ton. Um, so I, I think, you know, uh, do they still see him primarily as a second baseman, shortstop, third, somewhere in that range? Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, third's out of the equation. Um so now you're down to maybe the middle infield position. I don't know a ton about his glove. I'll be honest. If you guys do. So don't. far, it's played pretty well. Has it? Yeah, okay. Nothing scary. I mean, I, I I like the kid. I think if you're looking for someone with a, a, a higher ceiling, he's somebody that I think fits that bill. Yeah. Let's, I mean, I think, I think obviously there's some weird decisions that have to be made there. Most of these we can probably say are going to be surrounded by the 40 man talk. And, you know, we probably don't have to repeat it for each one, but I think it's going to be an issue up and down this thing. I really do. Sure. Um, Here's another weird one. And it's mostly injury driven Travis Swaggerty. Now I personally think here's a guy who's played six games beyond single a, I don't see an Avenue where you can award him a spot right out of spring. Even if it's a fourth outfielder, I'm not 100% sure I'm comfortable with that. I almost want to 
have four outfielders and make him beat one of them. You mean you don't want to announce him as the starting third baseman like Jung Ho was? Um, no, I don't. I also, weirdly prematurely in a season. Yeah, I mean, I also don't want to say Nick Gonzalez is starting next year. So let's let's just move past good, that. Good news, there are people out there that will say that. I'm aware. And, I'm aware. <laughs> There's a customer for everything you want to sell, brother. But the uh, Travis Swaggerty, though, where where do you guys fall on that? And Jim, over to you because I'm not personally a big believer in Travis Swaggerty as a whole. So for me, it's a pretty easy choice to say, make him fight through spring. But yeah. maybe you see something I don't. No, I think um, the thing with him is it just really sucks that he got hurt. Because oh, yeah. I think we would already have had some answers or some good data to look at on him. And whether it's trying to, would you take him and slot him a little bit to, okay, part of the future or, mm, okay, he maybe is what we thought he was and right, so on right. and so forth. But um, he, he, he's got obviously, um, some potential. I don't look at him as somebody that is going to be a big piece of the future. That's just me. I mean, the glove's going to play Graves. The glove plays the, the guy that can play an outfield position like few on this team can. And that's including give it all Ben Gamble and, I refuse to call him Big Game Ben. I just hate that. I hate that. <laughs> There's only one Big Ben in this. Game. I yeah, I totally agree. Big Ben's off the table, and and you know Reynolds has obviously stepped forward and really turned himself into a heck of an outfielder. But Swaggerty has the pedigree. He's really good out there. He really is. But if um, that's but if that is where the first thing you lean towards when you're talking about maybe a a corner outfielder, because I think Brian Reynolds ain't given up center field anytime soon not until he wants to yeah no so if that is the first thing that kind of you you think of with him for corner outfield spots maybe that's telling you a little bit of something right there yeah i mean and the power hasn't really shown up that said he he really hasn't had an opportunity again we were talking about a guy with six games past single a so i mean Graves, what do you do about that? You almost have to make him play a little bit of AAA, right? Yeah, you, you do. I mean, he, he's, he's got to prove himself at this point. He got, has to prove that he can stay healthy. Um, you know, the injury was very unfortunate, but that's, you know, those things happen and you you just have to kind of go go with the flow. But uh, but no, he, he needs to prove himself. He's got to uh, play some games at AAA and, and uh, see where the cards where the cards are fall from there and and uh but i'm he's not somebody that i'm that i'm uh, necessarily rushing to get up here um you know i i, I can't recall his his age right now but uh uh you know a, age becomes a little bit of a of a concern i think he's maybe getting a, a little bit older but still not uh not too far to where uh he's uh getting gray haired and oh gosh you know we have <laughs> hey graves watch it watch it <laughs> You know, I'm I'm looking at the triple A roster right now. I mean, we've got so many guys 28 and older. And uh, you know, uh, I I would like to see some of these guys, uh uh younger guys get an opportunity, but uh I don't I think, think Travis is quite think, ready for that. I think a lot of them are gonna get an opportunity elsewhere because I, I think there's gonna be a yep. mass, a mass DFAing here um before too long. Yep. And you know my feelings on age in this organization. If you don't think they're going to re-sign anybody anyway, what do you care? 
I mean, if they come up here and start their career when they're 27 years old and you have to trade them when they're 32, uh uh-oh, it doesn't matter at all. I mean, unless you're going to re-up them. So um, let's do one more here and then we'll take another quick break. All right. Um, Miguel Yajure. Yes, a pitcher. Finally. Yes, a a pitcher. pitcher. Now, Miguel Yajure, I personally think would already be here. And he already had a cup of coffee, but if he didn't get injured, I think he'd already be here. I and really yet do. another one where the injury situation yeah, pushed things back. It's going to be a theme. I'm just as we go through here, it's going to be a theme because anybody that could have conceivably helped from the minor leagues this year got injured. Yeah, and it sucks. I mean, because it changed the complexion of everything that we're supposed to be doing this year, which was learning. Miguel Yajure, to me, out of all the pitchers maybe Max Kranich, let's go ahead and lump him in to this conversation, has the best shot of actually making the rotation next year out of spring. And to me, they kind of have to not go crazy in the free agent market if that's to take place. Well, good news. It's the Pirates, so they probably won't go crazy in the free agent market. Oh, but it's a new world, Jim. (laughs) The more things change, the more they stay the same. They're going to blow all their money on Kevin Correa. Is that what you're saying? Well, um, hold that thought. Um, no, I think um, I, I think you're going to see Kranick maybe uh, in much the same way, even if he doesn't crack the starting rotation uh, out of spring, maybe in much the same way we saw him kind of this year too. Um, just, you know, bringing him up and down, Letting him be a, uh, a spot starter, I'm 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 kind of uh, surprised a little bit at his velocity this year. I think yeah. that I mean he was he was up in the upper 90s if I recall in his yeah. last start that he came up, and he was never there before. At 94 was where he topped out. He took that off season, and right? Built it, and I mean that's a big you know people today. Um, I don't know if they realize. I mean th- that's that's a pretty big uptick when you're talking about effectiveness and your stuff. So yeah. um, as far as you hurry goes, I, I I hope he's the one guy that I look at next spring that I hope we see that potential finally come through and he just takes that opportunity and runs with it. And I think they need that. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I actually have your and Kranich both making my uh, starting rotation uh, next year. Um, but uh, if it came down to one or the other, I would definitely go with your hurry. I, I, I'm in, impressed with his uh, mound presence and, and, and just his, his composure. And, and, and I, I'm excited to see what he can do. I, again, the, the injury bug kind of bit him this year. But uh, I think big things are, are yet to come for the young man. Yeah, and, and we should probably say Graves has a little more room in her rotation than the rest of us because of her unhealthy dislike of Stephen Brault. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Bags just like Cole Tucker. Yeah, who knows if if uh, he and Cole get moved or not? Because they could even move Cole back to the rotation. But this is about <laughs> prospects. Let's not get, let's not take <laughs> off on a tangent. Um, I'll tell you what. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, we'll, we'll finish up this list and we're going to answer a few emails. I think. Yes, right. let's do it. All right, let's take another one.
All right, we're back uh, to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. We're going to finish up our list here because uh, I really find some of these names fascinating. You know, Rodolfo Castro is a guy that hasn't touched AAA yet, and he's been up in the majors longer than most of our AAA. So, (laughs) I mean, you you guys give him a real shot next year to – make it out of spring training guy can play all over the place but they sure as heck brought in a lot of competition at second base didn't they i mean what do they do with him graves go ahead all right well rodolfo castro he is an interesting name um i mentioned him earlier i i i'm really impressed with with his play and 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 what he's done um in his limited time up here. So that said, I think we saw a little bit this year where he kind of hit a wall a little bit and needed to go back down, kind of take a breath, take the pressure off of being on the major league roster. Um, And I I think it's going to, again, depend on spring training. Um, But I probably start him at AAA um, next year. get him a little bit more playing time, get him comfortable playing there, seeing some pitchers there. Um, but it won't, uh, you know, definitely by the all-star break, he's going to be up here and and uh, he's going to be making a, a difference for the team. I certainly think he could. I also think he might benefit from being taught a little bit of outfield. I really do. Um, he's played out there a little bit, but I, I think I'd like to see them focus on it a little bit because the middle infield one way or another is congested. So, I mean, Jim, what do you think? You, you probably got excited like everyone else when he was cracking all those home runs against the Mets, but you know, yeah, that didn't that like like everyone should expect. I mean, it obviously didn't last and couldn't last. Um, you know, he's here's here's what I love about Rodolfo Castro is um, the the kid looks like he belongs from his the way he carries himself, the way he takes his at bats, yeah. The way he fields his position and the um, he doesn't really think that there's any play he can't make, um, to, and, and sometimes to his detriment we've seen. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Um, so I I just I love that you know that confidence and he just looks like at the plate too like he's never really for a young guy to watch he never looks super overmatched in an at bat. Um, doesn't maybe, all, maybe undisciplined a bit, but not overmatched. Yeah, not right. overmatched. I mean, we've seen guys that have played way more at the at the um, you know major league level have worse at bats, and he tends to work a count too. I mean, there's yeah, right. a, he 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 works deep into counts, and those are all things that you know tend to translate pretty well as you start to get older and start developing. So. I, I think the outfield thing, I hadn't even thought of that. I think that's a good suggestion because, like you said, I mean, how many guys can you keep on a roster that play second or short? Um, the arm plays, too. Yeah. He's yeah. got an absolute cannon of an arm. Yeah. Good athlete. I mean, I, there's there's a lot that I like, and he's super young, too. I think he's only still 22. He, he is. But, well, I think, yeah, but. I mean, the problem with him was they already had to make a decision to put him on the 40 man last year. So it stands to reason he's going to eat up another spot this year. Um, And I almost feel like they kind of bought prospects and almost 
damned him to be in AAA next year. I really do. I think that I I actually do think Graves is right there for me. Like, even though I do like what I'm seeing with him is um, he needs some seasoning. Yeah. Seasoning is exactly the word that I was going to use there, which is um, let him go down, let him get those at bats every day. We've seen him make some base running mistakes, just things of that nature. So we've seen Hayes do the same. So I hadn't noticed it or I prefer (laughs) maybe not to talk about that ever again. All right. We're going to, we're going to finish like real strong on this list. Okay. Um, Cody Bolton again, injury hurt all year. I think everybody thought he was going to be here this year. Everybody. Um, they decided to start him in double a, and then he decided or his body decided to not let him start anywhere. Um, pretty sure he would have been in the mix with Kranick right there. As far as like being able to, to make the jump. We have no idea. He's got to be in the mix next year, at least for 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 consideration. He's one of their top 15 prospects. So, I mean, it's not yeah. like they're going to flush the guy. But what do you do with him? I mean, does he got a real shot in spring? I don't think so. But I guess it depends on what ends up happening over the winter with some of these guys, too, as right. far as, you know, um, the guys that we always seem to have to come back to because they're still kind of hanging around, which is you've got um, Brault, Gray's favorite, and you've still got uh, Cool. And what, you know, let's be honest, that has gone up and down with him in the bullpen a little bit. Um, so what are they going to do with those guys? I mean, what are they going to do with Brubaker? So right. it depends, right? I mean, I, I look, this organization, as it stands right now, pitching-wise, they can't afford to overlook anybody in that regard. Yeah, but they also can't afford to not overlook some guys. I mean, they, the decisions they have to make are going to come before they have to Hopefully, really give yeah. them the, the audition. So I guess what I'm saying is do you kind of maybe let it ride with him on the 40-man being that he's just coming off IL? Graves, what do you think on that? Yeah, he it, it. Cody's a is a is a tricky uh, is is a tricky one to to decide on. Um, I will say that there's a small part of me that could even see them go like with a six man rotation next year, and you know that could maybe open a, a way for somebody um, to make the to make the team. Um, not saying that it will happen, but it's certainly a slight possibility. They've talked about doing that all all year this year, and. Right. Um, um, it, so it, it, it's a possibility. I, I tell you, you know, I, again, that injury bug is just so detrimental to, to, to for us to really know what we have in in somebody like Cody Bolton. I mean, he hasn't pitched all year. You know, where wh- how is he doing? Where you know where does he stand? How are things progressing? And and is he going to be ready for spring training? And and what's he going to bring? Uh, it's um, uh, it's 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 really too early early to say um he could uh you know competition brings great things out in players so maybe that's going to be the situation with cody and and he'll wow us all in spring training and 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 uh get to make it to the rotation yeah i i mean if i'm I'm on the fence with him right now to be honest i think i'd probably try to slide by without putting him on the 40 man i really would he might be one of those guys that you try that but that's one of those scary things jim because you you definitely 
touch on this a lot, you know, that there's never enough pitching, right? Yeah. So what you don't want to do is, is roll the dice on somebody that could literally be one of those starters, the, one of the ones that matters. And he gets eaten up by somebody, even if they just throw him in the bullpen and ouch. I mean, like yeah. you don't want that. So let's talk about injured pitchers a little more. Let's go with Ronzi Contreras because he was only injured for really relatively speaking a short period of time this year. For the most part, I think he's pretty much stood there in double a just laying pipe. I mean, he's had no problems whatsoever as far as getting people out. It's actually kind of been ridiculous. Um, we don't know how he's going to react to triple a. Um, if he comes out throwing the way he did in double a, maybe he never touches triple a. I mean, legitimately the kid's stuff will play. It's just, what do you do with him? And you certainly want him to be a starter if he can do it, right? I mean, Graves, Ronzi kind of came out of nowhere. He did. You know, and and the way they're being so cautious with him, um, and and I'm not really comparing the two pitchers, but reminds me a little bit of Mitch Keller. I mean, he just dominated in the minor leagues, and then he was never able to yet take that step and and do the same thing in in triple a or in in major league baseball so maybe maybe they're holding him back a little bit more and being cautious and yeah you're dominating but we're still working on some things and they're going to kind of proceed with caution a little bit um he'll he'll definitely be in triple a next year um and uh, he'll he, uh, now again, whether, you know, I don't anticipate he'll start out in the, in the rotation uh, on the, fo- you know, for, on the 40 man um, or he's on the 40 man, but on the, on the uh, 26 man. Um, right. But uh, you know, it's uh, I, I think you put him at triple a and just kind of let, let him again season and learn, learn to trust and, 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 you know, play with the same guys that he's been playing with and, and you know, b- b- build that team culture together. And maybe he'll have an easier time than coming up to major league uh, when he, you know, when, when, when it is time. Yeah. I mean, and you've, you've seen a lot of Rowanzi too, Jim, at, at the stuff's electric. It, it's, ex- um, it's explosive. Seriously. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of frightening mm-hmm. that it wasn't recognized by the Yankees. I mean, I'll be honest. It, it really was. To me, to, to see that kind of dominant velocity and movement on his breaking stuff, I, I don't, I don't understand how you how you move that guy. I mean, you know, I guess you give give a lot of credit to Sherrington and you know what they what they saw because it seems like as soon as he got here, yeah, it was it was evident. Yeah, there was, was no ramp up. It was just right. I mean, there he was in spring training blowing people away. Right. I mean. Not and not like the 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 guys from the local community college. We're talking about like yeah. major league baseball players. He's striking out. So yeah, I I, I look at um, Contreras and Cruz right now, and I see them kind of in the same light on either side of the uh, equation here. Which is if they become what we hope that they be- become, you've got two really, really great pieces there. Long way to go with both of them. Probably yeah. a little further with Cruz, to be honest. But Contreras 
and Cruz. I mean, these are the types of guys you got to get a little lucky, right? Sometimes yeah, when right. you're doing a rebuild, it can't just be all your top picks and you're and you just nailing everything. So, you know, it, there's some reason for hope there. Well, Cruz since return, he was going to be the next guy we were going to bring up anyway. So let's let's just roll right into it. O'Neill Cruz has come back from his injury that timed up perfectly with Rowanzi. So one way or another, they're kind of attached at the hip, right? And they both had their seasons uh, cut short. But right before O'Neill Cruz got hurt, they did a lot of work to shorten his swing up. So he made it a lot more compact. Before he had a big giant hole where he just could not hit breaking stuff. And they shortened it to the point where he almost looks like Barry Bonds when he takes a swing now. It's almost identical, actually. It's kind of frightening. And I'm not sitting here saying he's the next Barry Bonds. Please don't do that. I'm, <laughs> I'm just looking at his swing profile, and it, it looks so similar to me. And the power is so raw and real. He's going to, I think, have to play AAA next year. If for nothing else, there's no place that his glove's really going to play yet. It's just not good enough to get, to come in and play major league shortstop. No, you don't want to do that to that kid. No, and I don't want to just stick him in right field like Polanco and throw a glove at him and tell him to figure it out because I think that'll lead to five or six more years of gifts. I just really want to like culture the kid. He's young still. I really, you know, and and while we're in a hurry to get somebody exciting up here, I just want to make sure that we understand there, there's a line between getting somebody up here and getting somebody up here that can actually help. And here's a guy that could actually help. I'm sure his bat would play right now. If they had a DH, I, I might be able to be swayed. But I think he needs a little bit of AAA in him. So I'm not going to give him too much of a shot to make it right out of spring, even though this will be his third one. Which, you know, mm-hmm. that's kind of weird in and of itself. Yeah. And it's his third spring training with the Pirates already. Um, but there's a guy who's borderline for me. I, I think I'd probably start him in AAA. But this whole list that we just went through for this last segment and a half here, this is why next year to me starts looking a lot more fun. Because next year, instead of looking down into this abyss of AAA where there's just nobody that you can pull up. I mean, we have people going like, come on, get me Bly Madras, you know? And like, I think Bly's done great this year in triple a, but like when you're begging for, you know, somebody in their mid to late twenties to come up and save you because you just need some fresh blood to look at. That's, that's not what I want triple a to be. I want, I want to look down and see O'Neill Cruz or Adolfo Castro and Rowanzi Contreras and Cody Bolton and Diego Castillo. And when we need help, I want them to literally have somebody there that they can pluck that we want to see. I don't want to be scouring the waiver wire, looking for the next Kai Tom. I don't want to be going out and finding that stuff all the time. It's time to start seeing some of our own people we've grown now. Yeah, and and hopefully we are past the worst of it. If we're not, things have gone really, really wrong. Um, and record wise, I can't say that. And I can't say that record wise. No, 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 definitely not record wise. And you know, I don't even. Uh, you know, yes, uh, I'd like to see them avoid the hundred loss mark just simply for the fact of, I just. 
you know, it'd be a nice thing to to not have to put stamp on the pirate's resume. Right. But I, yeah, when I talk about things and I don't know, Graves, maybe you're different, but I'm always talking about things in terms of the development side and, um, you know, who we've got in the minors and what we're seeing at the major league level, as opposed to the wins losses, because I just don't think it matters right now. No, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we've seen some ugly baseball, but, uh, we've seen some good baseball too. And, and, you know, as far as defense and fundamentals and, and, you know, we tore everything down to the studs and it's, it doesn't uh, get all put back, uh, you know, as quickly as, as we want it to. And I know people, fans are hungry and, 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 uh, we, we want to see a championship, but you've, you've, got to be patient and, and, and understand that, uh, this is a long process and, uh, it, uh, it's going to take some time and, and, and the best way is just to be patient and, and I mean, and, and see, see what happens. I, I expect good things to, to come out of all this and that's what I'm betting on. And, and, uh, uh, but I understand that we have to be patient too. No, and I, and this is the approach that they needed to take. I really believe that. Um, yeah, they could go out and buy some pieces and maybe get there a little faster. But, you know, my dad used to tell me, you don't hang silk curtains in a trailer home. <laughs> you know, you, you got to build up right. You know, you, you don't you don't just jump around and, and decide where you're going to spend dollars at this point. You don't even know what's going to turn out from this list we just read. And I didn't even read off guys that really could factor in next year, like Jack Sawinski and Cal Mitchell and. Matthew Frazier, who nobody even spoke of before this season and just came on the scene blasting Another, home yeah. runs. Uh, I mean, G1 Bay has been around forever. We've been talking about him since like 2016, it feels like, you know, but he's starting to come up. You got Mason Martin, who still hasn't figured out his K rate, but he's hitting. Another guy that intrigues me, I think needs some triple A time is Kanan Smith and Jigba. That's another guy that we got from the Yankees. Next year looks a lot different in the minors. Let's just leave it at that. And while I know it gets tiresome hearing like, oh, look, look over there. Don't look at this. Look over there. Don't look at this. Next year, when you're looking at this and it's not doing well, chances are there's somebody one level below that that could come up here and and conceivably take hold of a spot that's the difference that next year brings except for backup catcher but i'm not going to fight with you about that graves we did that on twitter already so let's (laughs) fight 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 (laughs) so um jim and i you know we we were happy that we started uh a new Twitter handle for the show uh, at Pirates Fan Forum. We're excited about that. We're getting a lot of good interactions there. We started an email because we figured we should give people something that um, they can give us some questions and not have the entire world of Twitter go ahead and answer them before we actually get to showtime. And uh, a few of our readers have really taken advantage of that and started sending us in some questions. So we figured we'd go ahead and answer them and like to do that with our guests and when you when you send them in if if they're good and they're not just uh nutting stinks we'll probably talk about them so i may i may still you know read one of the nutting stinks ones just to you know keep it real but he might but eddie's got this powerful editing tool so you know we'll see how it goes but 
let's start with uh chad ruffner he sent us an email um what pittsburgh pirate did you think would have a long successful career as an mlb player but they ended up flaming out in short order now he initially thought of pedro alvarez and then felt he was around too long and landed on warren morris which is a great name because he had an awesome rookie year that just mm-hmm. fell off the face of the earth. Like yeah. absolutely fell off the face of the earth. So my answer is Nate McLeod. And I know that his fall didn't happen in Pittsburgh, but I thought Nate McLeod was going to be great for a long time. I really did. And he went to Atlanta and just fell apart. There's a guy in Dormont with the Nate McLeod jersey that I see wandering around at times. So. I'm sure you're right. Yeah. He, he he probably thought the same thing. So do either of you have an answer for this one? You know, it's funny. Um, and this kind of falls along the whole Pedro Alvarez type deal. But my guy that I thought was just going to dominate, give us two, three Cy Young Awards. And granted, I was a little younger and, and dumber at the time. Yeah, right. But it was Chris Benson. Um, yeah, it's a good one. You know, he had he had such explosive stuff. His fastball, just when he threw a regular two-seamer, I mean, the movement on it was crazy. I mean, it was blown away. Yeah. Mark McGuire and Peter Gammons actually predicted him to win the Cy Young Award. And, uh, you know, Tommy John got him. Maybe his ex-wife. <laughs> got him a little bit um if you don't know that story i suggest you check uh, it out because it's that's i'm they're probably just podcasts out there just on that situation. it's a long tale that involves howard stern and all <laughs> kinds of stuff so yeah crazy but yeah he blew his elbow out never seemed to quite fulfill that promise signed a big deal with was it new york was it the mets okay yeah. great place for that couple to go oh to. yeah Jeez. yeah um but yeah that was my guy so, Grace, what do you got? Wow, this is this is a great question, and and all that keeps going through my mind is, oh yeah, this guy. Oh no, he came to Pittsburgh and started stinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, Lonnie, Lonnie Chisenhall. <laughs> that didn't narrow that didn't narrow down the list very much. No, no, it didn't. So, uh, no, I, uh, I, I'll, uh, I'll just leave it at that for that for. Uh, yeah, I can't think think of anybody. Oh, man. I mean, I could probably go on for a while. Uh, I think that those are probably some good ones, though. And we'll move on to the next question we got, which is from, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, Sherrod Learn. And uh, he asked a series of questions, but I'm going to go with one of them. Uh, If there is a delayed, shortened, or no MLB season in 2022, how will it affect the minor league development? Uh I'm probably the most prepared to take this one. So I'll start. Um, probably not at all. Uh, they'll probably still play if that's the case. The only caveat that I'll put there um, really would be that MILB wants to have a seat at the table with the union um, in this negotiation. It looks like they're going to get one. Uh, I don't see them being able to go ahead and play baseball if they're going to try to pretend that they're equal footing brethren with the players union. Um, so that might change some things, but past strikes or lockouts, they, they have continued to play minor league baseball and I fully expect that to happen still. Um, so not concerned if anything, it actually might help the pirates because we wouldn't have to watch the major league product <laughs> in the process of developing uh, minor leaguers. 
Yeah. Exactly. Go ahead, Grace. Go. Well, I, I was going to say, it, it's a great question. I actually uh, had one, uh, I, I asked that same thing a, a few months ago, and, and, and Gary gave, gave the same answer, because I, I was quite curious myself, you know, what what would happen. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a relief to know that uh, things are going to kind of go on, uh, you know, hopefully as as planned, and, and we're not going to lose that other, uh, you know, another year of development for the for the younger guys. It would, it would if it didn't work out that way um, for whatever reason, and, and I expect it to fall in line, uh, in line along the way you're saying, it would kill the Pirates right now. Just in the sense yeah. of everything they've got going right now is, 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 you know, trained and focused on player development and, um, you know, making sure these guys are getting the experience they need. I mean, you'd almost be setting them back yes. a yeah. year. And you're talking about lost years of, of uh, a guy's talent, his ability, the development. I mean, you just, you, you don't get that back. No, you're, you're talking about yeah. taking a really bad problem that already exists and making it way worse. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, thank God that, that that doesn't seem like it's going to be a factor. Yeah. So, Hey, great questions. Keep those coming in. We really enjoy that part of this show. And uh, I think everybody that we have on as guests is, is really going to, to help contribute to answering them. And uh, we're excited that you're interacting with us and thank you for listening to the show and watching us now. And um, we're going to keep delivering all off season. That was another question we got that I didn't include in here, but somebody just flatly asked, uh, how are you guys going to find things to talk about all <laughs> oh, man, off season? There's, there's always stuff uh, to talk man, about. Man, I'll tell you what, when you're in this stage of development, it's almost more fun. I mean, the biggest leaps of um, in, in actual improvement are always going to take place during the off season. That's when moves get made. That's when players get developed further. Some of these guys are going to wind up playing in the Arizona fall league DSL. We're going to, have plenty to talk about trust me it's not a problem um you have to remember too i started writing uh, about the pirates at the end of 2019 i wrote for almost a full year before i saw baseball <laughs> like so it's it's not like i haven't honed my skills you, coming up with things to talk about you we'll be poor, all right <laughs> you poor poor soul <laughs> yeah so anyways hey great week everybody um reach out to us on twitter um Graves, want to give everybody how to get a hold of you? Yeah, I am a voice from the Graves. You can find me at KG underscore 55 VFTG. Jim Stam, you yeah. know how to get a hold of him. Yeah. Um, also, too, guys, um, YouTube, uh, subscribe, uh, thumbs up. Leave us a comment on there as well. We'll, we'll, we'll make sure to get to us. One of us will see it. Um, but, yeah, for me, it's at Jim Stam 22 for the city underscore 412. Um, all Pittsburgh all the time. And listen, I don't know about you, Gary, um, but this has been so much fun and we've gotten a good response. And yeah. um, I want to, I really want to say thank you because um, this is something that I think is going to continue to grow and we can't do it without other fans. So really I uh, hats off. I appreciate it. Yeah. I'm just saying we've, we've been around a little bit longer than, than uh, some other pirate shows out there and not as long as others and it's not a competition there's room for everybody but you guys are certainly making us feel really special when we look at our numbers yes so thank you we really appreciate it and uh thanks a lot everybody let's go bucks <laughs>